Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this Festival of Cancer. And we also welcome everybody participating through the internet. So today is the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, this amazing thing that happened that when I was young, you could watch on television at the time that it was happening. So it's kind of a momentous anniversary, I think, um, at this full moon time. <coughs> the exact time of the full moon will occur tomorrow at 5.38 p.m., including a lunar eclipse, offering a powerful full moon opportunity. We can imagine all the souls in or out of incarnation who are meditating at this time when the energy streams originating beyond the earth are pouring through the hierarchy and flowing directly to our little planet of sorrow and our struggling humanity. Energies that are purifying, restoring, and bringing light and love into the human center. We strive to become sensitive to these energies during the five-day period of the full moon. And it's probably a good thing we can't fully feel what is going on, as it might be too much for our little brains. But the soul knows and fully participates, so we can be assured that if we are striving to let the soul control, our energies are contributing to the divine plan. A lunar eclipse happens when the earth, moon, and sun are completely aligned and the earth throws its shadow onto the moon, temporarily blocking out the reflected sunlight on the moon's surface. It's as if the soul, represented by the earth, is dominating and controlling the form nature represented by the moon. The earth's shadow causes the moon to appear, if visible, when the eclipse is full at night, as a red disk suspended in the sky. These moments, the earth is receiving the full and direct light of the sun, and the reflected sunlight on the surface of the moon is all but blotted out. We can imagine that the opportunity for the great souls who guard and guide our planet at this time is to channel even more cosmic energy toward us, as much as we can handle and distribute. As we know, <coughs> when the sun is in the sign of Cancer, the moon is in the opposite sign of Capricorn. And at the time of the full moon in either sign, both qualities of this same energy line are stimulated, making it virtually impossible to discuss one without the other. There are two poles on the cardinal cross, the cross of life and the gates of life and death. Life means very different things in the discussion of Cancer and Capricorn. Capricorn is the gateway into the life of the soul expressed within a conscious and soul-infused personality. Cancer is the door into the imprisonment of the soul in matter, which represents a temporary death for the soul in form until it begins to come alive within its vehicles to make the personality, the form nature, its servant and instrument. The solstice of June marks the beginning of the sun's passage through Cancer and the start of the three-month outbreathing period of the year following the intense activity of the higher interlude during the three spiritual festivals. The work of receiving and holding the energies recently absorbed during the higher interlude changes to a gradual release and distribution of these potencies into the etheric fabric of the planet. We can visualize the hierarchy slowly breathing into human consciousness the stored energies and blessings of the Christ and the Buddha, releasing into the human family all of their experience and love and helping move us closer to full realization of our divinity as they have realized theirs. 
The activity of the fifth kingdom, and increasingly with the cooperation of the fourth, the human, it then becomes literally true that in cancer, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Let us take a moment to gather ourselves and imagine the great and powerful breath of God breathing the charged particles of infinite blessings and love into all of our atoms, all the vehicles of etheric, physical, emotional, and mental bodies receiving the essence of divinity so that we again may breathe it out to others. We'll take just a moment of silence and then say together the affirmation of the disciple. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God, and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way, and thus I stand. And standing thus revolve, and tread this way the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. Cancer is one of the four signs on the cardinal cross, which, we're told, is really only understandable by third-degree initiates. DK uses such phrases to describe cancer as not easy for the average student to understand, or that it has a vague subtlety which proves most elusive to the ordinary thinker, and similar phrases, all reminding us how little we know. It rules mass consciousness, the herd mentality, and the stage of instinctual consciousness. This was the type of consciousness that governed early humanity when we were on the involutionary path and which we have been slowly moving away from onto the evolutionary path. There's no way today to really know what the stage would have been like for early humans, how they communicated or how they were organized, but we can observe a type of mass awareness in animals and some insects who exhibit behavior known as swarming. We've probably all seen videos of large flocks of birds or schools of fish moving and changing direction together as if some, by some unknown communication, or large herds of animals moving together across the landscape. These movements inspire a sense of wonder at how these life forms navigate their world and live together in their group, leaving us to ponder on how they communicate. Science knows something about the behavior of ants, bees, or termites, for example, who communicate through scents and chemical trails which provide stimulus to the other members of the colony and cause them to act in a certain way. There is no centralized decision-making, but these little lives exhibit complex behaviors and can accomplish complicated tasks. 
They probably have a rudimentary sense of the oneness and cohesiveness of their group, but we can't possibly know what this feels like. They also demonstrate an awareness of how they are moving in relation to the other individuals in their group. For example, they move in the same direction as their neighbors, remain close to their neighbors, and they avoid collisions. One can observe similar movements in rush hour crowds in large railway stations such as Grand Central, where people are rushing all over the place but seldom run into one another. The process of mass movement has deeper implications for the future if we study the meaning of the obscure word stigmergy. Wikipedia states, quote, stigmergy is a mechanism of indirect coordination between agents or actions. The principle is that the trace left in the environment by an action stimulates the performance of a next action by the same or a different agent. In that way, subsequent actions tend to reinforce and build on each other, leading to the spontaneous emergence of coherent, apparently systematic activity. Stigmergy is a form of self-organization. It produces complex, seemingly intelligent structures without need for any planning, control, or even direct communication between the agents. As such, it supports efficient collaboration between extremely simple agents who lack any memory, intelligence, or even awareness of each other." Unquote. Could this be the way primitive humans experienced mass consciousness? Are there deeper implications for the future of group work in this statement? The story of cancer centers on the law of rebirth and the human journey of its relationship to the soul in form, from mass consciousness to group consciousness. Long before the soul descends into matter, it first gathers its mental substance in Aries, proceeds into the astral plane to receive its emotional qualities in Taurus, and then lastly its etheric physical vestures in Gemini. The soul is then ready to descend into the living waters of form and to inhabit a physical body where at first it sleeps for a countless time while remaining active on its own plane. Eventually its form, or reflection, begins to vibrate and become sensitive to the note of the soul. Constantly and rhythmically, the soul repeats this process over and over for thousands of years, all the while perfecting and honing its vehicles. All of us have lived every kind of human experience, have inhabited every kind of body in every imaginable form, male, female, black, brown, white, red, or yellow, we have all been wealthy and poor, slaves or free. We've held every kind of religious belief or non-belief, have been royalty or serfs, the privileged or the unseen. We have lived through every kind of experience imaginable through thousands of years of history and have been responsible for how humanity has developed its cultures and civilizations. In the West, the concept of rebirth or reincarnation has only recently come into the public consciousness and conversation, although it, has been a long, uh, although it has long been a part of Eastern philosophy. With the opening of Tibet, we have learned the methods of the monks in choosing the child who is the next incarnation of the Dalai Lama or other high lamas. 
There are documented accounts of young children in India who recognize someone as their former son or daughter in the previous incarnation. The process of rebirth, however, is largely misunderstood and is regarded with fear and revulsion in some Western groups. It implies a timelessness that is difficult to contemplate and a purposeful long-term view we find difficult to understand. Some people search for what they were in a past life, a fruitless speculation. There are past life regressionists one can go to to find out what famous person of history you were or why you feel revulsion about a specific circumstance. And even in casual conversation, someone might say, oh, that must have been happened to me in a past life. I so relate to that period of history. And nowadays, no one blinks. The deeper meaning of the law of rebirth signifies the will of the soul in its quest for perfection through the medium of form. It is, D.K. says, a magical and magnetic interplay between the form side of life and life itself. It is the will of the soul that chooses the next circumstance and situation into which it will incarnate. It is the will of the soul that builds ever more refined and suitable vehicles for its expression including the divine attributes and those environments that will enable it to learn the next needed lessons. The pain and suffering undergone by its physical vehicles throughout these many lifetimes are not relevant to the soul except insofar as the form nature is brought closer to soul knowledge and a sense that there is something larger and more important than itself. Meanwhile, the soul looks on to its reflection with infinite patience and love, watching and waiting until the moment when the personality begins to vibrate in response to its energies. Then, everything changes as the end of the long cycle of incarnations draws near. As we know, the theme of service and sacrifice is basic to our planet. And in this context, the Tibetan describes the phenomenon of the incarnating groups. It is important, we are told, to look at these groups from the angle of the group and not as a collection of individuals with shared interests. The groups are advanced souls who enter the Earth's sphere with a known purpose and a conscious goal, which is to serve humanity, to lift and aid the cultures into which they incarnate and to move the evolutionary process forward in line with the divine plan. We might recognize these groups through the great composers of music in the 18th and 19th centuries, or the pioneering scientists who discovered new cures for deadly diseases or undiscovered laws of nature. It seems likely that the group of men who were known as the founding fathers of the United States were one such group, and although there were serious flaws in some of their methods, they created a system of government which is now 243 years old. Another important group in history were the thinkers, artists, philosophers, and statesmen living in Europe during the time known as the Renaissance, the period from 1300 to 1600, which moved humanity out of the Middle Ages into the modern time. In this period, there were great advances in world exploration. Some of the greatest art was produced by painters and sculptors such as Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and others. A new form of music developed that progressed from the simple linear melodic style of Gregorian chant to the beginnings of the complex harmonic structures present today. 
Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg in 1517, creating the Protestant Reformation and changing the course of religious history forever. Many astrologers believe that certain aspects involving the powerful outer planets coincide with events and changing trends in human history. Beginning in December 2019, this year, close to the festival week of the new group of world servers, and occurring exactly in January 2020, there will be a conjunction of Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn. Saturn is the exoteric ruler of Capricorn and a sacred planet, adding more potency to this important conjunction and naturally stimulating mass consciousness ruled by Cancer. The last time this conjunction occurred in Capricorn was in 1518, which, as we've seen, was a time of great leaps forward in human culture. Who knows what is in store for humanity or what will be birthed as we approach the critical year of 2025. The word of the soul in Cancer evokes its basic and profound message. I build a lighted house and therein dwell. Cancer is concerned with form building and with creating the instrument which the soul can inhabit and through which the soul can contact the physical plane. This is part of the plan of God, for spirit or the life aspect to enter into form and eventually transform it into a perfected vehicle so that the soul can have a structure in which it can express and manifest its full powers and divine essence, a platform from which it can serve and save. Every human being is involved in this great mystery. In all the keynotes for the disciple, the soul, the I, has a specific activity in its evolutionary journey. I build, I see, I choose, I rule, and so on. The soul in cancer builds, and necessarily this is a slow process carried out over thousands of years of rebirth and repetition. The soul builds with light substance, continually refining and purifying its house, letting more light in. Each element of the house must be assembled, taking care that each piece will fit smoothly with every other piece so that the finished whole is a cohesive and useful unit that ultimately performs its function, which for cancer is creating a fully lighted temple that the soul can inhabit and carry on its work of redemption, serving and saving in the three worlds. Humanity as a whole is building its lighted house, and although its appearance may seem dark and dim to many, this is simply the result of glamour and looking through a glass darkly. If we look from the soul's perspective, we can see we are in a time when the sparks and flames of divine love and supernal light are raining down on the earth, illuminating all the dark corners that need the redemptive and healing power of the soul's light. Humanity is beginning to respond to the vibrating and scintillating power of the Christ life, leaving behind its identification with form and moving toward identification with the spirit. We know that the energies of Shambhala, focusing the will to good, are now reaching humanity directly, and that humanity as a whole is undergoing the first initiation, the birth of Christ in the heart. This process necessarily involves mass consciousness and has a mass effect which can be conditioned with the energies of the, of the plan by all disciples 
and a new group of world servers who meditate and think deeply. We read in Esoteric Astrology that Cancer is the constellation which symbolizes the will of the mass, which conditions mass response and mass psychology. It is basically the focusing of the mass will through the medium of the mass consciousness, a thing unknown as yet. Out of public opinion will emerge the mass will to good, inherent in every individual. For this, humanity must work and wait. We can track the results of the progression from mass consciousness to group consciousness through the many enlightened groups now working for human betterment. Through the thousands of meditating groups working for human upliftment and through a more sensitive mass awareness for the welfare of animals and the health of the planet. The soul is doing its building work, and the more we cooperate with the soul, the closer we will be to the fulfillment of the divine plan. As we prepare for our meditation and work for the next few months toward the festival week of the new group of world servers occurring in Capricorn, let us remember to let the soul control the outer form and life in all events. Keynote of the full moon approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Meditation. Letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, <coughs> endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
Meditation on the Seed Thought for Cancer I build a lighted house and therein dwell.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Next full moon meeting will be um, Wednesday, August 14th, full moon of Leo. Okay, the, the new moon meeting, uh, next one for Leo is Thursday, August 1st at 6 o'clock, right here. Thanks, everybody, for coming.